Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, hello, my angels. Welcome back to the Balance Wand Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and you've got me alone today for a solo spirituality episode. Spirituality and pregnancy, we'll get into all of it. I want to tell you guys a little story because so many people have asked me, what has my healing journey looked like to get to this point of getting pregnant and having a baby, bringing a baby into this world in six short months? And what I've realized realized in answering this question time and time again on Instagram and email and DM is that my spiritual awakening journey has everything to do with the healing that I've experienced in my body, my spirit, and my mind. And that has everything to do with being able to bring this baby into this world and get pregnant with ease. And it's just a story that I really want to share with you guys, just the deeper parts of my spiritual awakening journey and the ascension that brought me here. So I broke it down into some of the top five things that have helped me heal and have helped me reach spiritual awakening. And I'm very excited to dive into that in this episode. And also to answer your questions, we did another Q&A box on Instagram because surprise, surprise, pregnancy brings more questions and more specific types of questions than probably anything else that I've ever experienced. And like everything else that I do, I feel like I am a human guinea pig where I tend to go through things and share them super publicly for anybody who needs to hear it. And as always with any pregnancy episode, I hope that this will expand your heart and inspire you if you're trying to get pregnant. If you already have kids, maybe you can relate and look back on this time fondly. And if you're not interested in having kids, maybe it's just fun to listen to something that might not ever be your experience, or maybe you're not interested and that's also okay. So wherever you are in your life and in the world right now, I hope that you can sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode and everything that it has to offer. This is also a super impromptu solo episode, which is why we've got back-to-back solo episodes going on because it's just the season of life that I'm in right now. Actually, everything in the universe is pointing to me to both slow down and put less pressure on myself and also to mostly do solo episodes because I actually had a wonderful episode that was supposed to come out today, but the audio quality was just not there with the guests that I had. So we're going to have to re-record at some point, but I did receive the universe's message loud and clear that it is time for me to slow down, to do things differently and to put a lot less pressure on myself. So you guys probably noticed we didn't have an episode come out last week, which is officially the only Wednesday that I have skipped of the podcast in five years. Other than the two month hiatus that I took when I was really sick, that was planned. But this was kind of like an unplanned thing to skip the week. And I'm really proud of myself because I am learning to put less pressure on myself, especially being pregnant. And it's something that this baby is teaching me already. And I'm very, very grateful for the lesson. So I'm sorry that an episode didn't come out last week. I'm definitely trying to reflect a lot right now and spend a a lot of time going inward and figure out what's going to work 
best for me and my heart and my soul as I move into this new season of life. One thing I'm very aware of is that I've been very overworked for about a decade, which is just completely pressure that I've put on myself and self-inflicted pressure all the way. I'm sure other people can relate. And it's just time for me to make some shifts and make some changes. So I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm definitely planning on taking a nice maternity leave, some good time off when the baby comes in the winter late December or potentially early January. We'll see when they come. And until then, I'm just playing around with what it looks like for me with work. And in the meantime, anytime that I can be easy on myself, that I can spare myself the negative self-talk or pushing myself to do something that doesn't feel right, then that will feel like a win. And I'm just really grateful that this baby is already teaching me these magical lessons that needed to come through. And for anybody else out there who is a workaholic and pushes yourself too hard, I hope that this can be your reminder to slow down, to be kind to yourself, to take the pressure off, to take what my friend Kelsey calls a career nap, if that's what you need to take, just to... take the pressure off and feel good. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that I'm working on that I haven't shared much about with you guys yet. So beyond babyland and motherhood and my relationship with Jonathan, there is stuff for the Balanced Blonde in the works that is all really exciting. I will tell you what it is soon, but I definitely need to carve out the space somewhere. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And thank you for your patience with last week's episode not coming out. And if there's any inconsistency to come, then you know why. But we do have a lot of really great guests lined up for the summer. So there's nothing to worry about there, starting with a near-death experience researcher and then my friend and healer, Milana Snow. Those are a couple episodes to look forward to coming out next. And before we dive into this episode and I tell you guys my story and answer some Q&A, a couple quick things. One, the Celestial Diet is available again, and I'm so excited. You can find it on thebalancebond.podia.com. It is a seven-day program that I created that is a plant-based meal plan, and it has seven days of plant-based nutritious recipes, a grocery list, daily journaling prompts, nine exclusive audio meditations, a 70 plus page PDF, daily emails from me, an exclusive private Facebook group and more. And you can buy that now on thebalancebond.podia.com. And I would absolutely love to have you join us. And also before we dive into the episode, would love to thank our sponsor for today's show, Sakara Life. So I have been a fan of Sakara since probably 2013 when I lived in New York and my blog was brand new and the founders of Sakara, Whitney and Danielle had just started Sakara Life. I have been a fan ever since then. They were actually one of the very first events that I ever hosted for my blog when I announced that I was not going to be vegan for a while and it was a big deal to me at the time. They were there and they were super supportive. But alas, I have been vegan again for about four and a half years. So I'm obsessed with anything plant-based and Sakara is a plant-based meal delivery service. They're a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what we eat. All of their food is organic and they make ready-to-eat meals that taste like they're actually home-cooked. They're incredible. That are made with powerful plant-based ingredients as well as they are designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. They have a menu of creative chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that changes weekly, which sets them apart from other meal delivery services. I have to say it's so innovative. They always have rotating guest chefs that are their in-house chefs from all different culinary backgrounds and cultures, which is so cool. We, Jonathan and I have been living off their meals for the last couple of weeks. So I've gotten to try so many delicious things lately and along with their delicious plant-rich meals, they also offer their daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas. And my personal favorite, you probably guessed it because it's always on my Instagram, is their 
chocolate metabolism super powder. It is one of their best sellers. It's made with organic raw cacao. It works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off of their first order when they go to sakara.com slash balanced and enter the code blonde20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash balanced to get 20% off of your first order. Sakara.com slash balanced and enter the code blonde20. Thank you so much, Sakara. And now let's head into this spiritual solo episode and Q&A and little story chit chat for you guys. So first of all, I have to start by saying I got out of the house between recording the intro and recording this part of the podcast, and I am in such a better mood. I'm in such a better headspace. So this is just your reminder, or maybe this is my reminder that getting outside, even if you're just walking to the grocery store, can just change your energy so much. Today, I was very much in the headspace of nothing was going right. Everything seemed to be going wrong. Every brand that I was working with wanted things to be done differently. The podcast episode that was supposed to go out today is not going out because it didn't work, which I mentioned earlier. Just everything was going wrong. I spilled coffee on myself and I just had to shift that energy and I didn't even do it on purpose. I actually wanted to stay home, finish the episode and then get into the rest of my day. But I had to leave to go to a doctor's appointment and that prompted me to end up walking around outside and then go to Whole Foods and pick up some groceries where I ended up trying a bunch of new healthy vegan snacks and brands, which always puts me in such a better mood. And here we are. So had to share that with you guys, especially because solo episodes, anything goes, we can just have a conversation. So if you're feeling like you're in the prison of your mind today, or you're just stuck and doing the same monotonous thing, this is your sign to get outside or put on some music, dance around. I was just listening to Kat Stevens, which always puts me in a good mood. And with that, let's get into this chit chat. So I wrote down some of the top things that have helped me on my spiritual awakening and my healing journey, which ended up leading to me getting pregnant. And the very first thing on that list, I'm sure you guys can guess it, is plant medicine. So just a reminder, this is my experience. I'm not telling anyone else to try plant medicine. That would be a little bit irresponsible of me because we're all different. We all have different needs and goals with our healing and we're all at different stages. And we're also all very different souls on different journeys with our eternal souls and eternal spirits. So that's something that I always like to preface conversations about plant medicine with and the plant medicine that has been extremely helpful for me above all else has been ayahuasca. I have had three separate ceremony weekends, meaning that I have experienced nine different experiences with ayahuasca because a ceremony weekend includes three different ceremonies with the medicine. And I ended up being called to sit with ayahuasca back in the beginning of 2019 when I was really at the bottom of the barrel. So I remember talking to you guys about that at the time and being very honest about not knowing what was in my future. I was terrified that I was going to live a life in bed. I had no energy, no zest for life, no nothing when I decided to embark on this ayahuasca journey. So I packed myself up. I took myself to the woods and joined a group, a very sacred group with a wonderful leader and shaman. I wouldn't have done this by myself, trust me, but by myself in the sense that Jonathan didn't come with me. I didn't have any friends or family with me. Hardly anyone agreed with what I was going off into the woods to do, but I knew that this was right for me. And I ended up having those three ceremonies that weekend and everything shifted profoundly. Like not only did so much body pain leave my body that weekend, but I connected with the spirits of my ancestors and I saw how interconnected 
my life is with my ancestors' lives. Hence, as you can imagine what I'm getting to here, which is the future souls of my children, because I believe very much in eternal souls. So soul families, if you've ever read the book Journey of Souls, that's a really good introduction to the concept of soul families and eternal souls and eternal lifetimes. So I completely believe that not only were my ancestors in this life, my ancestors, but that we have been journeying together for a very, very, very long time. So in that initial ayahuasca ceremony, I journeyed mostly with my paternal lineage. And I remember my grandmother asking me in that ceremony, of course, the spirit of my grandmother, I could see her, I could feel her, her energy was all, all around me. She said, do you want to meet the spirits of your children. And of course I said, yes, I was so far gone from my body at this point, you guys, as you know, if you've listened to my actual ayahuasca recap episodes, I was totally out of body. I was very, very deep. I took so much of the medicine, which is something that I needed to do at that time because I'm very extreme and I had a pretty extreme illness to start healing. So took all the ayahuasca, laid there communing with my grandmother, couldn't move my body, couldn't even move a muscle. And when she came to me and said, after she had taken me, by the way, to hell and back to experience her pain, the pain of my siblings, the pain of my dad, the pain of everyone on my paternal lineage pulsing through me. That's when she said, okay, you've done the hard work. Now we're going to take you through the womb. You're going to be rebirthed. And do you want to meet your kids? So of course the answer was yes. And that was the first time that I connected with what I feel to be three spirit babies that are coming in for me and Jonathan, two boys and a girl. I won't say who's coming first or who's coming last or anything. Cause I've actually never necessarily known who's coming first or last. Although I've had a feeling, but I spoke to these spirits and First of all, they showed me in past lives, they have been everything from my children to my teachers, to my parents, to my friends. And that's what I believe about soul family. For example, my dad, Byron, who so many of you know, I know that in past lives, he was my son. He was my brother. He was also my father. But there's such a reason why in this life, he has taught me so much. I have taught him so much. It's almost like we are non-romantic twin flames. And I mean, very non-romantic, but family twin flames in the sense that our souls are kind of like soul twins. And we butt heads so much and we have so much to teach each other. And I'm shown that one of my spirit babies, one of my children is similar, but not in relation to my dad, in relation to me. So this child has also been a parent to me, has been a mentor to me. And immediately I saw the kids told me, the spirits of the kids told me, whichever one of us comes to you first, we are going to be an older soul than you. And then I was also shown that I don't know that many souls who are older than me. I'm a very, very, very old soul. And I don't say that to brag. Trust me. <laughs> it's actually really hard to be such an old soul. Anybody else listening who knows that they are a ridiculously old soul will understand when I say that the world was not necessarily built for us. It's hard. We often have a lot of health issues. I, for one, I mean, I could burst into tears just talking about how hard it is to be such an old soul. So knowing in that moment, in that plant medicine ceremony, that one of my children coming through is going to be an older soul than me was so wild. So then I asked them to take me on a journey and show me some of our past lives together. And I saw those past lives, they already know my dad and my mom, and they're very excited to reconnect. And of course, what's really, really cool, and this is what fascinates me about family lineages more than anything probably, is that they're half me, but they're half Jonathan. So they're really, the purpose of these soul children are blending together what I like to call a tapestry, because I think of all of our ancestral lineage as this beautiful tapestry. Once the souls pass on from this life and go back up into the heavens, the stars, wherever you imagine that they go, 
What they leave behind is this beautiful woven tapestry. And that's often what's shown to me in plant medicine ceremonies and specifically ayahuasca. And what I think is so interesting is that now the youngers and the Albrechts are going to have their own tapestry woven together. And something that I've just gotten lost in and that I find so beautiful in the journeys that I've been on is that my mom's family, the Spectres, and my dad's family, the Youngers, their purpose in this lifetime for me was to weave together the Spectres and the Youngers. So now we have this one big tapestry. And I'm not convinced that my mom and dad have known each other in past lives I'm sure they have, but I haven't been shown specifically how or why, but I just know that my dad and I have traveled endless lifetimes together. And my mom, who's definitely like such a soulmate to me in this life, I just find her to be a younger soul. And that does not mean she's any less wise. I actually think she's more wise in many ways. And sometimes the youngest souls are the most wise because it's like, they're bringing us this whole fresh perspective and they're not so bogged down the way that me and my dad are by freaking everything else in every lifetime that has been hard for us. So to bring this back around, my kids took me on a journey and it was very beautiful. My eyes were completely opened. My perceptions of my life and my purpose and my role in this life were completely shattered in the best way possible. And all of my expectations were shattered. So when people go into an ayahuasca ceremony, for example, and they come out and they say, I can't explain to you why, but I'm not sick anymore. Or I understand now why I've been sick. And I understand that this is a gift. And I know that this is my, my path to take and carry on this pain and to be healed. I mean, I know it's so hard to understand unless you've had the experience, but I came out and I felt that way. So even though at first I thought maybe my Lyme disease was gone, I quickly realized back in the real world, back in my real life, my real body, everything was still in pain. I still had a lot of healing from Lyme to do because I, I had a lot of shit to clean up still. I had a lot of changes to make in my life and I'm still making those changes. So even though I do feel 100% healed to the point where I'm carrying a healthy baby and my healthy body, there's stuff that I'm still walking away from. There's boundaries that are still getting stronger. There's workaholic tendencies that are completely ancestral. The pressure that I put on myself is completely ancestral, but at least I know now where it comes from. Paternal lineage, I'm looking at you. And anyway, I came out of that plant medicine ceremony with the utmost healing and the utmost respect for where I've been, where my ancestors have been and where I'm going. And I also saw how interconnected we all are and that we all pretty much come from the same place and the same soul and no one is superior to anyone else and no one is inferior to anyone else. And I literally came out of that ceremony and apologized to one of my best friends who I've been friends with since middle school. And I had this memory of being a really mean girl in middle school at times. And when I traveled back in ayahuasca, it felt like the experience that I had seen was happening today, like that it had just happened. So the moment that I drove out of the mountains, I called her and I said, I'm sorry. I don't know if you even remember this happening, but this is not in alignment with my soul. And I'm so sorry. And I, I am so sorry if I ever hurt you. And it was very healing for her. And it was very healing for me to be able to share mostly I was doing it for her, but I also feel like the things that we never apologize for or that we're spending the rest of our lives running away from that we know we did is very unhealthy. So to be able to apologize and to own up to things that happened, even if they were two decades ago, is very, very healthy. That's something that ayahuasca taught me. And something else that ayahuasca taught me is that if I am still thinking two decades later about doing something that hurts someone, then shouldn't that give me all the more reason and compassion and 
approach to life now to live a life where I don't hurt people in that way, where I am just above and beyond thoughtful and kind to everyone that I meet. And of course, sometimes I slip up because I am human and sometimes I get impatient. I get road rage. I get really upset if I feel like I'm being pushed around. But for the most part, my goal, I wake up every day and my goal is to be a light-filled person and to bring light and love into other people's lives and to never ever purposely hurt another person. And if I do, I apologize and I, and, you know, and then we move forward and that's the journey of the soul. We are doing the best we can and we're always, always striving to be better. So when I talk about my healing journey and people ask me, what did you do exactly to heal your body and manifest the spirit baby? You can probably begin to see now why that is such a loaded question. And now I have chills. Oh, I have total chills. I feel like maybe telling you this whole journey, this whole story will finally help me explain myself in a way that I've been trying to find the words for, for a really long time. So plant medicine was a huge part of that. When I went back for my second ayahuasca ceremony, like six months after that, I journeyed with my maternal lineage And I also like went on a really beautiful journey with my husband. And of course, that's important for this baby coming in. And it was very, very clear to me early on with Jonathan that I was supposed to be somewhat of a spiritual teacher in his life, not just his wife. And he's also such a spiritual teacher right back at me. He's such a teacher. I'm a very old soul and he's a very young soul. So we teach each other opposite lessons. He keeps me very grounded on this earth. And he reminds me about all of my otherworldly gifts and everything that I say is important to me. He reminds me when we're actually living life and when we're in a deeper journey of spirituality, meditation, plant medicine, then I very much guide him. And I'll share with him the keys to life and to our future and to our past and all of that beautiful stuff. But living day-to-day life, Jonathan is my spiritual teacher. He's the one who rips my cell phone out of my hand because my screen time is freaking crazy. He's the one who FaceTimes me in the middle of the day when I'm having a breakdown like I was today because of so many things going wrong in one day. And he said, it's so funny trying to watch you be a human. And at the time I was like, I hate being a human. This sucks so much. And I was in the worst mood, but he just kind of, you know, laughs and picks me right back up when I get knocked down. And it's such a beautiful partnership. So I have to imagine that us finding each other and being such perfect opposites, yet total soulmates in every single way is the perfect portal for children to come through to. And I think it's so cool that the kids that I've connected to in these spiritual journeys are also so connected to Jonathan and carry with them the tapestry and the history of the Albrecht family. Like I think about that, not just Jonathan, but Jonathan's mom and Jonathan's brother and his dad and all these people who all have such incredible stories that of course I'm not, I'm not nearly as familiar with because I have spent what feels like eons journeying with my ancestry. So I'm really excited to guide my children to learn what they're all about, to get to know the tapestry of their soul and to see what beautiful things they're here to do on this earth. I truly can't wait. So I realized I could do the entire episode on plant medicine and my most recent ceremony in November was probably the deepest in regards to really preparing me for motherhood. And that's when I got to know myself on the deepest level humanly possible. Not even just humanly possible, but like otherworldly possible, where I went in and excavated so much shit, like from elementary school all the way forward, from being a baby all the way forward, memories, conversations, anything I ever did to really hurt another person. And then anything I did that hurt me or anything others did and really went through, excavated the mulch. It was so intense. And the medicine showed me that it could have been even more intense. So 
I know that I have more healing to do in my future. The healing is never done. But my ultimate goal during that ceremony was to tread gently, but also get me ready to be a mother. So if there's anything standing in my path, standing in my way, mother ayahuasca, show me please. And let's get rid of it. So that's, that's pretty much what we did. And we ended up healing a lot more Lyme in my body that weekend. So plant medicine, number one on the list, 100%, not recommending it to you. Just letting you know that these tools are available to you. Even if you don't do plant medicine, you can meditate every day and go inward and tap into your soul, tap into memories of your ancestors, stories that you've heard about them. And you can go on a journey that way. You can also do this in your dreams because our dreams hold so much wisdom for us. I saw this quote on Instagram that I've seen a few other times, but I saw it again the other day and I just love it. And it basically says something like, why do we just gloss over the fact that we slip into a different portal every single night and hallucinate and then wake up and don't remember any of it? That's how I feel about dreams. So if plant medicine is not in your path, which it's really not for a lot of people, I know that, you can definitely consider doing this healing in other ways. You can also do this in different types of therapy. There's therapists that will lead you through things that are really interesting these days. I mean, because I've done so much plant medicine, I kind of dropped the therapy life for a while, but there is incredible immersion therapies that can take you to really, really deep places if and when you feel ready to do so. Okay. So that was number one. I'm going to keep the rest of them more brief so that I can get to your questions. Number two is visualizing my future self, which I learned from Joe Dispenza. So I read all of Joe Dispenza's books, especially Becoming Superhuman. And I started doing his meditations morning and night every single day about two years ago. And that completely changed my life. One of my main manifestations is to get Joe Dispenza on the podcast. You guys should tell him to come on. He has influenced me so much. And the practice of visualizing my future self has influenced my healing so very much, which is why you will see the future self visualizing meditations in my celestial program. So a lot of what I did to help me heal myself, I put right into the celestial program, which you can now find on my website. So excited that it's available now. So there's nine meditations in that program. And one of them is a visualize your future self walking meditation. So you literally walk away from anything that's no longer serving you and walk forward into the light, into your future self until you merge with her, him or her. And it's such a beautiful practice. This is something that I did every single day. And if I tried to drop the ball on it, Jonathan, the most wonderful teacher that I have would, you know, turn it on before we were falling asleep at night. And that would help me so much. So Joe Dispenza, visualizing future self meditations, also reading all of his books were super helpful. That's number two. Number three to me was opening up psychically, which is a whole other journey, whole other episode, but I've talked about it a lot in this podcast, beginning to open up and channel on my own angels and light beings and spirit guides and ancestors. And I first opened that and honed that muscle by a process called automatic writing, where you have your journal and you can pose a question to a spirit, someone who has passed on, and then you keep writing. And when you trust, and when you really get into the practice, they, the spirit will eventually take over writing and they'll answer your question. So I did it like that for probably a year. And then I started going deeper in my own meditations, working with different teachers and mentors and opening up that psychic muscle and then starting to really trust myself. So I would cross reference things with my mom. For example, I would say to my mom that my grandma, her mom came through to me and this is what she said. And my grandma died when I was six. So there's a lot about her that I don't know. And my mom would say to me, Jordan, that's crazy. That sounds exactly like her. And she did have hemorrhoids and she did have carpal tunnel. And, you know, these were like conversations that I was having with my grandmother. So cross-referencing it and then finding out 
that you're correct, that can really help you start to trust yourself. So I would start testing things out on friends who were open to me going into their energy. And I would say, your grandmother says this, and she sounds like she has this really loud Italian demeanor, and she's telling you to eat more. And time and time again, people would say, oh my God, that's, that's true. That is her. So that helped me hone my muscle. And for a while, I thought that my gift here on this earth was to be a medium, to be a conduit for other realms. And I think it still is, but not really on a one-on-one basis, not like seeing clients and doing one-on-one readings, but more so using those channeled messages to write books and talk on this podcast. And so much of what I say comes from the spirits above anyway, and not necessarily from me. So I've had to really get out of my own way and believe and trust that. And I also discovered, of course, the light beings, the Pleiadians and all of the celestial beings who speak to me and speak through me. And before I got sick, I had no idea. I had to know who the Pleiadians were. I didn't know who any of the light beings were. And to be completely honest with you guys, I thought that that was just complete bullshit. I remember hearing about Pleiadians and looking them up and seeing that they were like extraterrestrial beings from the star systems. And I remember thinking, oh my God, anybody who believes in that has lost their mind and not even in a judgmental way, just like that was not something that I resonated with, but it of course, took me having my own experiences and my own messages shared with me from the Pleiadians to really grow a relationship with them. And then reading a book called Bringers of the Dawn, which is so incredible, all about the Pleiadian mission and fifth dimensional consciousness. Then I realized, oh my gosh, fifth dimensional consciousness is just love. It's nothing to be afraid of or turned off by or to not really understand. The fifth dimension is all about love and we can all ascend there in our minds at any time. And so working with the light beings and working with my own ancestors that I was channeling, I started to ascend the third dimension. And obviously I still live in the third dimension. I am made of all the same matter that any other human is. We are living in the fifth dimension. We are made of density, there's gravity. But in my mind, I started to ascend to a higher place where only love is real. And when I can live in that place and I remind myself every day in my meditations to live in that place and that I am worthy of living in that place and that my light is meant to be shown into this world, sharing fifth dimensional consciousness and love, then I can ascend a lot of physical illness that happens here on this earth. And you might think I sound crazy. And if you too have a chronic illness and you're in pain and you're sick, then you might even be really turned off by what I'm saying, because I probably would have been four years ago. I would have been like, sure, whatever. You might think that, but until you're in severe physical pain every day, you just can't possibly understand. But what I'm talking about is more of a consciousness than anything else. And Joe Dispenza talks about this too, in his own way. Once we ascend the third dimensional consciousness where sickness and unhappiness and inequality and evil and war and all these things exist, then we rise. First, we rise to the fourth dimension, then we rise to the fifth and beyond. And there's nothing holding any of us back from doing any of that. That's what I want everyone to know. Truly, that's what I want everyone to know. And being able to do that, ascending my physical body and my physical pain to find healing that saved me. And without that, I never could have found the healing that I did in my body. I would still probably be sitting in my Lyme doctor's office, hooked up to multiple IVs per day, losing my mind in despair, paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to heal, giving up my power completely and entirely to other people. And yeah, giving away all the power within me. So, wow, that I, again, have chills. That was number three. So opening up psychically and ascending, beginning to ascend this dimension. 
Number four and five, I'll keep these short and sweet boundaries and getting out of toxic relationships is huge. I have had plenty of toxic friendships and relationships in my day. And for me to even admit that is a big deal because I used to have this story as part of my identity that I don't lose friends. I don't lose friends. I've had the same friends since kindergarten, blah, blah. This was my story and it became a very huge part of my identity. And I'm still really proud and really blessed that I have incredible friends, some of whom I've been friends with since kindergarten, some since middle school, some, you know, high school and some more recently, but it's okay. It's not a competition of who's never lost any friends. And that's what I realized. It was so heavily ingrained in me to have that as part of my identity because I was always very praised for being a good friend and having a lot of friends. And so of course I really tie that in with my self-worth. But now I look back and there were plenty of really unhealthy friendships that I had. And I would try to keep these people, the unhealthy friendships at an arm's distance. And that was my way of keeping the peace, but also not rocking the boat and not getting rid of anybody or not hurting anyone's feelings. And of course that is like classic people pleaser relationship stuff. And it's also classic, like setting myself up for abusive friendships and abusive relationships. And I definitely don't use that word lightly. It's a really big deal to say that, but I have definitely been borderline with some verbally abusive, manipulative friends. And again, so many of my friends are incredible people. And I feel very, very lucky about that. And I'm not without fault either. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect friend, but having boundaries and letting go, like really, truly letting go of toxic friendships has been a huge game changer for me. And that's only something I started to do ever since I got sick. So in the last three or four years, there are a couple of people who I already hadn't been friends with for a while, but I had to emotionally let that friendship go. And then there were relationships, many, many guys that I dated who we had not been together for a long time, but I emotionally had to release it, had to let it go. I'm a reflector. I feel everyone's feelings who I've ever come into contact with. So this is a really, really hard thing to do. And then a couple people who I, like I said, was keeping it an arm's distance and realized that things were really manipulative, really toxic, learned about narcissistic behavior and was like, oh my God, I'm in some friendships like this. And I had to learn to step away and have boundaries. And those boundaries have served me not just with the people in my life, but also with my own energetic space and what I will share with the world and what I will keep to myself and what I will share with my friends and what I will keep amongst myself and my own relationship. And boundaries is probably the toughest thing for me still. So especially with work, especially with sharing my life publicly, This is something I'm always learning and always seeking to learn more of. That's number four. Number five is my daily meditation practice. I won't get too deep into it because you can find a bunch of the audio meditations that I love to do because I've recreated them in the Celestial Diet and Lifestyle Program, which you can find on my website. I also love to do Joe Dispenza meditations. And then I love to just meditate to mantra music and then a couple of honorable mentions on my list, although that was my top five, are Lyme disease because Lyme disease has been my greatest teacher and has forced everything out of my life that no longer serves me truly. Like if I wanted to pretend you guys like some of these friendships or some of these work commitments and some of these ways of being were still serving me, I would be pretending to my dying day because I don't like confrontation. I don't like change. I would just stay the same. But Lyme has forced those things out of my life and that's been a gift and that's been part of the healing. And then number seven is Abraham Hicks. I love listening to Abraham Hicks. You can listen on Spotify, I am very much under the impression that I think Abraham Hicks and the Pleiadians are from a very similar place because they have a lot of similar messages and it's all fifth dimensional consciousness. So super beautiful, super magical. That is where I'm at. And 
that's my top seven. So that's what I've got for you guys today. And then I want to answer your questions. But basically, my goal and intention with sharing those seven things with you, well, five turned seven, because I can never keep it to just my original list, is to answer the main question that I've been getting, which is how have I healed my body enough from Lyme disease and chronic illness to get pregnant? And what has the spiritual awakening before getting pregnant looked like? Because what I really truly believe is that we do have to spiritually awaken to some degree to have a baby. And that doesn't mean that you'll only get pregnant if you've had a spiritual awakening, not at all. I mean, think of like, teen moms and people who get pregnant without even trying at a very young age before they've had the chance to go on any kind of awakening journey. But I can only speak for myself and I definitely can't speak in absolutes, but for myself and for my children who are coming in, I had to, I had to learn these lessons because my babies, they want to have a mother who has surrendered to a lot of this stuff already. Like I can't even imagine myself five years ago before I had any sense of boundaries, before I knew who I was, before I had journeyed with my ancestors, before I awakened my psychic abilities, which means I wasn't even living as my true and authentic self at all. I was super wrapped up in the blog and being known and all of these things. I just didn't even know what I wanted to be known for. It's crazy looking back on all of it. I can't imagine having been a mom at that time. And I commend anyone who is a mother before they're ready to be a mother, because that is some serious stuff. And that's part of your soul's journey. So if that's your journey, that's freaking beautiful. I guess I can only speak from my own journey. And if you out there are trying to get pregnant and trying to manifest your own family and your own baby into your life, I would definitely recommend it can't hurt to get to know yourself on a deeper level, to instill more boundaries, to start meditating, to write and journal and try to speak to your spirit guides or if that doesn't call to you, to your ancestors or to God, to whomever speaks to you. And I promise you, I really do that it will help because a happier, more surrendered, more aligned, more embodied you is going to be more of a magnet for anything that you're calling into your life, whether that be a baby or a house or a new career or abundance and money or love life. I mean, I can think of a million other things. You want to be so aligned because you want to be raising your vibration to meet everything that's going on in the fifth dimension, which is how you can get anything that you've ever wanted or desired in your life. So I hope that that helps. Before I answer your questions, I think I'm going to answer, well, as many as I can for the next several minutes. I would like to thank our second sponsor for today's episode, Cured Nutrition. Cured Nutrition is the only CBD brand that I use. So that should be saying a lot. There's like, oh my gosh, tens of thousands of CBD brands out there now. And I won't even work with another CBD brand. You've probably noticed because I'm so loyal to Cured. I'm such a fan of Cured. You can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for any Cured Nutrition products. You can shop on their website, buy, perform, balance, recover, et cetera. So basically whatever you're looking to create more of in your life. Some of my favorite products are the Cured Rise Supplement and the Cured Aura When I take Cured Aura, which is full of CBD, nootropics, and adaptogenic mushrooms, functional mushrooms that all have a wonderful purpose, when I take it, oh my God, I feel so alert in the morning, more alert than I feel by drinking coffee. It's incredible. And then similarly, similar effect, but different effect is their Zen, which I take at night to help me fall asleep, to help me relax. It is, oh my God, it's the best thing in the entire world. And I also love the pet CBD. We give it to Huddy. The pain salve is currently what I'm using because being pregnant, I just actually haven't dabbled in actually taking CBD. 
while pregnant, even though many people, many professionals have told me it's fine, but I am using the pain salve on my back and my joints and my jaw every night as I always do. And again, you can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, to get 10% off of all Cured Nutrition products. So go to curednutrition.com to shop all the best CBD, functional mushrooms, adaptogens, nootropics, pet CBD, and beyond, and use that code BLONDE. Also, the founder is the coolest guy ever, and he has this little baby, Ember, with his wife, Lo, and they're the cutest family. I love them. So back into the episode. Let me answer your questions. Mary Beth says, what do, what do you drink in the morning now that you're pregnant? What are you avoiding food, drink, and herb-wise? So in the first trimester, I avoided coffee. I didn't drink coffee at all because I was being super cautious, super careful. I was really just listening to my intuition. I was talking to other friends who are pregnant and who've recently been pregnant. And most of them said that they drank coffee the whole time, but I was being so careful. I just didn't want to jeopardize anything. I'm just being super cautious. So all I drank in the first trimester was water and sparkling water. And then probably around like week 10. So coming out of the first trimester, but not quite is when I started drinking decaf coffee. And now I'm back to my regular coffee and I'm safe because I know that my coffee that I drink is pretty low in caffeine. I drink organic. I I love the brand Kion coffee. I also love Four Sigmatic coffee. And sometimes I'll do cold brew, but I won't have a lot. I'll just mix it in a latte. So I keep it under 200-ish milligrams. And they say up to 400 milligrams or more is safe with coffee, but that's too much for me. So what else am I avoiding? All herbs. So I'm not drinking my beloved herbal teas right now. What else am I not drinking right now? I guess it's mostly just tea. And I've been drinking juice every day. Some people are really cautious about juice in pregnancy because people, some people caution against anything that's unpasteurized. But I, of course, keep everything organic and I only make my own juice or get juice from like a super reputable juice place. So that's what I'm loving drink-wise. And oh my gosh, how funny. I just saw a question from someone else that said, is juice safe for pregnancy? So I would just say, make sure that you trust where you're getting the juice from or just make it yourself and clean it really well. Cause really it's just bacteria contamination that people are cautious about. And obviously if you're getting your juice from a reputable place, then you're, then you're good. And of course, even better if you make it at home and consult your doctor, I should say just big disclaimer, consult your doctor on everything I'm saying, because I'm only speaking from personal experience and also from my experience as a health coach. Everybody is asking, will the baby be plant-based and vegan? And right now our plan is to raise our kids vegan. And when they get old enough to make decisions on their own. I really don't want to impose anything on them. I want them to be their own people. I mean, you guys probably know this as you know that I'm so big on souls and soul imprints and souls knowing who they are. And we're very different from our parents very often, but I feel really good about raising our kids to know why we don't eat animals, why me and Jonathan don't eat animals. And I have a feeling that our kids are probably growing up that way, going to feel pretty aligned, but you never know. And then we'll see how their bodies are, what we need to supplement with. We'll keep them super healthy. And I mean, the kids aren't here yet. The baby's not here yet. When they're here, I'll probably have a better idea of everything. The hippie baker says, does the celestial diet work for adrenal fatigue? The answer is yes, but I would recommend having more protein in the mornings for your adrenal fatigue rather than doing fruit in the morning, which most of the celestial recipes for the morning are fruit-based. But if you have adrenal fatigue, I would recommend just making it your own a little bit, but very much so. In the same way that the medical medium lifestyle has been very helpful for people with adrenal fatigue and all sorts of other issues, the celestial diet is similar and everybody's body is different, but it should be super supportive to your body and your healing, especially from hormonal imbalances and adrenal fatigue. 
Have I had a vision of my child's name yet? That's from Lauren. And yes, we know, we know our baby's name. Actually, there's two names floating back and forth because the baby is throwing me signs for both names. So I keep telling Jonathan, we're, we're not a hundred percent because there's those two names and it's going to be a surprise until the baby comes. But if you guys want to guess, I love names. So throw anything my way. I would love to hear your guesses. Let's see here. Everybody is asking because there's a lot of pregnant people out there, which I love. I love that our community is on a similar path very frequently. Although obviously many people are also not pregnant, but a lot of people are saying, how did you get through nausea in the first trimester? I was just super easy on myself. I rested a lot. I rarely got out of bed. I never got on a plane because I just knew I was not in the headspace. My body was not in the space to be traveling. I ate a lot of carbs and a lot of siete tortillas and vegan cheese. I couldn't make myself eat vegetables. I just couldn't, which is why I was living on green juice for all those nutrients. And some people say ginger really helps. I didn't really do any of that. I didn't do any nausea patches or anything. I just rested and breathed, breathed. And that is a word, <laughs> breathed through it. And I mean, I really just leaned on Jonathan a lot and my parents. And maybe it's because I've been sick so much in my life and have been sick, had been sick for many years leading up to being pregnant. Maybe I was just a little bit more used to it. So I had my healers in place. I had my tactics in place. I know when I need to just put myself to bed and get in bed and rest. So that's probably what I would say the most. Just take the pressure off your plate and and relax because you deserve it. Liv Holly says, I just want to say I really love you and everything you do. You've helped me so much. Liv, I love you. I'm giving you, I want to give you this shout out and tell you you're amazing and that I saw what you wrote come in earlier today and it meant so much to me. I was having such a hard day and thank you so much. You guys will probably never quite know how much you guys really mean to me. You guys are truly my friends from all over the world. So thank you so much. A vegan food diary says, how do you trust the universe? Well, hopefully this episode can give you some insight into that. It's so much of what I mentioned in those top five things from journaling and meditating every day to Joe Dispenza meditations to aligning with fifth dimensional consciousness and letting love flow in because it can be so hard. It can be hard to trust, but I promise you, you're here for a reason. The universe has your back. And I really just, when I feel in despair, I did earlier today, by the way, it still happens to me. So when I feel that way, the main way that I can really console myself and get myself to feel better is by getting out of the situation, getting outside, clearing my head, walking in the fresh air, making myself a healthy meal, calling a friend, and then remembering, okay, everything's going to work out. And even when it doesn't feel like it at all, even when everything seems like it's going wrong, those are just signs from the universe to shift and detour and go in a different direction. Oh, of course, someone says, isn't papaya unsafe to eat in pregnancy? So it's funny because I made a joke about this in my original pregnancy episode and was like, please, pregnancy police don't come after me for fruit because I am such a fruit person. I don't really have any issues with it pregnant. But yes, the one thing is you don't want to eat underripe papaya when you're pregnant because there can be some different enzymes in there that can potentially stimulate very early labor. I think it's really rare. And my doctor has said, as long as the papaya is ripe, you're completely fine. And also pregnancy police is a real thing, but that's a legitimate question. So I'm happy to address that here. Marie says, please tell us about your digestion during pregnancy. And oh, I'll be honest with you guys, that part has been really hard for me. I naturally don't have the best digestion, which is why I gravitate toward everything that I do, colonics, and uh, I haven't done any colonics while pregnant yet. Coffee enemas, the way that I eat plant-based, I used to take so much magnesium and different herbs to go to the bathroom. Well, I have been very constipated in this pregnancy 
and things that have been helping. I got this incredible Ayurvedic Abhyanga massage from these total healer women just a few days ago that was just life-changing. That really stimulated my digestion and helped a lot. Trying to stay super hydrated really helps. I mean, like double the amount of hydration than you think you need. That's what really tends to help with digestion. So I try to be good about that. I do my daily green juice. I do probiotics. And what I'm taking right now is Mary Ruth Organics prenatal probiotics. And you can use the code BLONDE20 for a discount on those. And let's see what else. Walking, exercising, yogic twists, that all helps. But in general, my digestion has been really slow. And that's kind of part of pregnancy for a lot of people, but especially for those of us who have already had this type of slow digestion. Let's see here. Well, with Liv says, what would I tell myself in my early 20s? In my early 20s, I would tell myself it's okay to be alone sometimes. You don't have to fill every second of your day with your social calendar. It's so healthy for the mind to be alone and have some downtime to reflect. And I would also tell myself that the best is yet to come. And that one day, Jordan, at the age of 20, you will not drink alcohol anymore and have fun while you're living it up. But alcohol is not all it's cracked up to be. And there's a different way to live life. There's a more aligned, more healed way to live life. I would tell myself that. And I would also just say, just don't sweat the small stuff because none of this is going to matter. And I would also say the guys that you think that you love right now, not the right guys for you, really not. And the right guy will come later in your 20s. So for now, just have fun. Don't take any of these relationships too seriously and just get to know yourself. That's what I would say. I also... Wow, I have a lot to say. I also probably would have enjoyed some of my classes in college a little bit more. I would tell myself to because it's such a gift and such a privilege to take incredible classes from these professors, at least where I went to school at LMU, who are in the industry of screenwriting and playwriting and writing books. I mean, all of that stuff still interests me so much to this day. So while I did enjoy those classes, I would just tell myself to enjoy them even more and take them even more seriously because you never know what you could do one day with a full-length play or full-length novel that you're writing in these classes. Okay, two more questions. These are both from Snack and Sammy. I like both of these. Um, One of them is what has helped you the most with your anxiety. And what has helped me the most is, honestly, it's nothing that you can take. It's no magic pill or anything, but it's just slowing down and reminding myself what actually matters in life. I think the best remedy for anxiety is getting outside and switching up your location and going on a run or a walk or doing some yoga, just getting yourself out of the immediate situation. And I can definitely speak from experience of today. I was so anxious, so miserable. One of those days where I was just like, I'm not going to blog anymore. I'm not going to work with brands anymore. I was so upset, so hurt and so anxious by this one situation that happened. And now, now that the day has passed and I got outside and I went to the grocery store, just simple things. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I can handle it. But sometimes when our bandwidth is really low, we really can't handle the small things. So I would say, learn to recognize when your bandwidth is getting really low and then give yourself a break and do something you love and get outside. Getting outside helps a lot. And then this one, well, this question's from someone else, actually. It says, how long did you follow the medical medium diet exclusively? I don't know if I could say I ever followed it 100% exclusively. Well, I did for maybe a month or so, but I always made it my own, which is kind of how the celestial diet came to be. But I exclusively drank celery juice and followed very much medical medium protocol for a couple years. And it helped me a lot. And then I always made it my own by eating like some healthy fats and different things that Anthony, the medical medium doesn't necessarily recommend, but I needed the food and I needed the nutrients and 
I found that if I was a hundred percent, I was just hungry all the time. And that was not serving anyone in my healing. So I would, I would say if you're following medical medium or the celestial diet or anything, don't be afraid to make it your own because making it your own is always going to be helpful. And that's always what's going to serve you in the long run. So amazing questions. I will save more and do more soon. And I promise next week we will be back to regular programming as usual. I'm really happy that I got to do this impromptu solo episode. Tell me on my latest Instagram if you love solo episodes because I will keep doing them if you guys keep telling me that you love them and I definitely love them. I'm in this introspective season of life where it's so much more feasible for me to talk to you guys than to be an interviewer per se. Uh, But we do have some amazing interviews coming up for the rest of the month that I'm really excited about. And from there, we'll just keep seeing how things unfold. I love you guys so much. I hope everyone has the most soul on fire day. I want to remind you that you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancewand.com and I will thank you by sending you my free yoga ebook. And also thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, Zakara Life and Cured Nutrition. Both of those links and discount codes can be found in the show notes. And lastly... You can now get the Celestial Diet at thebalancebond.podia.com or you can just find it on my website, thebalancebond.com. And I'm so excited to share it with you. I love you guys so much. I hope everyone has the best day and we'll talk next week.